Hey y'all, welcome to the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We are your hosts, Margo and Abby. We are friends, teachers, and storytellers, but above all, we're anxiety warriors on a mission to raise awareness and understanding about anxiety and mental health. You will hear honest, engaging, and joyful stories from us and many other anxiety warriors about living with anxiety. If you're seeking a space to laugh, connect, feel inspired and empowered, and learn valuable tips rooted in mindfulness and more, your warrior community is here for you. Join us as we navigate this journey of life together. Warriors. Yeah. Hey, Warriors. We are dropping in the beginning of this episode to let you know that it is a re-listen. It's one of our former guests from season one. Lauren Chadoff, and we are re-airing this interview, not just because she's awesome and it's a great interview where we learn all about uh, Lauren's journey with anxiety, but um, she just had a brand new book drop. Mm -hmm. So excited for her. It literally is on sale right now at Amazon and um, a few other online retailers. You need to check it out, especially if you have kids or you're a teacher or you're interested in kids yoga or you're a kids yoga teacher. Um, Lauren Chadoff is the founder of Yogi Beans, and her book is called 108 Awesome Yoga Poses for Kids, and it's available now, and you need a copy of it. Yeah. You're going to hear her her interview, her episode, and you're going to be like, all right, I'm ready. I'm in. That's it. That's it. You're going to just fall book. in love with her. Yep. Totally. Facts, 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 facts. Okay. Enjoy, Warriors. Welcome back, Warriors. Woohoo! We are so excited for today's episode. We spoke with a wonderful person, a warm, funny, um, inspiring guest. Her name is Lauren Tadoff. And um, before Abby jumps into a little bit of a recap of our interview, let me tell you a little bit about who Lauren Tadoff is. Yogi Beans is the brainchild of mind-body fitness expert Lauren Tadoff, who founded the company in 2007. Lauren found herself teaching yoga to hundreds of kids, attending numerous trainings, workshops, and lectures, and designing the Yogi Beans curriculum, sprouting from her innate ability to connect with children and her knowledge of yoga. Yogi Beans has since become one of the top-rated children's programs in New York City and beyond. She oversees and trains the stellar Yogi Beans Bean team, leads regular teacher trainings, and creates and teaches weekly classes to beans of all ages at a range of venues. Lauren holds a bachelor's degree in theater from Northwestern University and is a registered ERYT yoga instructor through the Yoga Alliance. Lauren continuously evolves Yogi Beans programming from her extensive experiences in the classroom, on her mat, and through her love of her own beans, Vivian Bell and Juliet Rose. This was an awesome chat, and yes. I cannot wait for everyone, all the warriors out there listening, to be able to hear from this wonderful, wonderful woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this was my first time connecting with Lauren and, you know, um, for our listeners, Margo knows Lauren and I've only heard amazing and good things about yes. Lauren. And so I was super excited to connect with her. And, um, I just find it always really special when, when you're first meeting someone and you get to just share your truth and be who you are. And, and part of that mm -hmm. is sharing your anxiety. So, Lauren starts off by sharing how she's had a long-term relationship with anxiety. Um, it started, you know, showing up as a child and she really remembers it manifesting in like sleep patterns and the way that she would sleep and how oftentimes she would find herself sleeping on the floor, sleeping in a hallway to be close to people. Um, at the time, she didn't know that was anxiety. It also showed up in ways where she would, you know, do her schoolwork right away um, because of the anxiety of it hanging over her um, and even show up in ways like noticing there's a pain in the body and instantly thinking it's the worst case scenario of what's happening in the body. Um, and so she shares that. And then she shares a bit about how her anxiety has changed over the years and how after having children and her anxiety, you know, she started to have postpartum anxiety. Um, and then she just shares the ways that she's coped with it through meditation, through rituals, through routines, and, you know, just being able to find the comfort in the discomfort of anxiety. So this was a really, um, I loved this episode. There was things in it that we haven't shared, like had with other guests that she said, and I was like, yes, I'm feeling this so hard. So this was a really, really, um, another enjoyable episode as always. Yeah. So we learned so many fun new 
inspiring anxiety warrior nuggets from the amazing Lauren Tadoff. And we hope that you all love this interview as much as we do. Here's the show. Welcome back, warriors. We are so excited for our next guest. She is here with us. Her name is Lauren Chadoff. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yay. We're so excited. Um, So why don't we just jump right into how anxiety kind of shows up in your life, how it showed up, how it continues to show up. Just like, tell us a little bit about your story. Yes. So anxiety and I have a long relationship. Um, I, anxiety started showing up for me as a child. And I think um, most predominantly I saw it, not knowing as a child that it was anxiety, looking back, knowing um, uh, in my sleep patterns. I was a very, um, I had a very difficult time sleeping as a child. I think a lot of children do. Um, and uh, mine though was, you know, up until I think like fourth or fifth grade, you could find me on the floor of my parents' bedroom, on the floor of my brother's bedroom, on the floor in the hallway. I just, I had, um, that, that's where I think my anxiety really kind of manifested itself as a child mm-hmm. um, in my sleep habits. And then as I got older um, in school, getting very anxious, like, you know, if we got a report assigned, I would start that report. Like I'd get home from school and start that report because <laughs> having it over, you know, um, what's the word? Um, overhanging. Yeah. That's not the word. Hanging over, hanging over, hanging over. Thank you. Um, hanging over me was like too much for me. Like I felt like I would get very anxious about it. I'm like, I just have to get like one page done. I remember there was this 11th grade teacher. He'd have these like analytical reports that had to be, I think, you know, 14 pages minimum. And that would cause me so much anxiety. Um, and even like school, I'd come home, do my homework right away, like stuff like that. Um, having things hanging over me, but was really, um, made me very anxious. Um, and then it also manifested in just, maybe this is a little more as I've gotten older, a little bit of, um, just, I'm that person that like has a calf cramp and thinks it's, you know, goes worst case scenario. I think that actually, um, that got heightened, um, after I had my children, which is very Mm -hmm. common. You hear a lot about postpartum depression. What you don't hear as much about is postpartum anxiety. Um, and I had a lot of that. And I think that kind of got exacerbated as I got older and had kids just, you know, fear, a lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I just, I, I love your story. (laughs) I relate to everything. Like, and I also really appreciate the parts that you're highlighting because we haven't talked about this as much on our podcast, one around sleep, Mm. which totally impacts me. So I want to like dive in deeper about, about sleep also where you are now with it. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, also just like the, I don't want to say like hypochondriac or the, but the overreacting mm. to like, I have worst case scenario, worst case yeah. scenario. And a headache, like, it's a brain tumor. It's yes. a, <laughs> it's a blood aneurysm. Yeah. It, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, there's sometimes that voice in my head. That's like, okay, I have to like talk myself yes. off the ledge. Um, and right. years of therapy have helped with that. You know, I can tell the anxious voice. I think Margot calls her Bertha, right? Yeah. I have right. like that anxious voice where I can be like, okay, Lauren, this isn't, this is, the anxiety talking, not yeah. to like slowly step back, you know? Right. But in those moments, I mean, I just, I feel you a hundred percent. Like even now, like I, I have a weird thing in my leg and I'm like, it's gotta be a blood clot. Like- oh, yeah. It's over. Yeah, totally. I've been getting calf cramps. I'm like, Oh God, this is, yeah. it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're like, it's gotta be a blood clot. <laughs> like, this, like there's this nothing the else. Yeah. yeah. That's how my mind, it, it goes to like, you know, worst case. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah. that's, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always, always a fun trip in the mind. Right. So with your sleeping patterns now. So the first thing is you said you're like always on the floor as a kid. And, and was that, was that more like you had nightmares and you wanted to be close to people or. I mean, I remember as a child, my mom took me to a, like a sleep specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, you know, if my mom were to come in my bed and lie down with me, I'd be out like a light or if she'd let me lie in her bed, you know, that's like the safest place, you know, you could crawl into your parents' bed and you'd go right asleep. And they were like, yeah, you're, you're not a baby anymore. We don't (laughs) want you in our bed. Um, so I think, I mean, it started when I was, started when I was really young. Um, 
And I think a lot of it was like fear, fear yeah. of dark, fear of unknown. I did not like when I was the only one up. Like my father used to own a supermarket and he would get up very early at 4.30 in the morning. So it was like everyone, like we had to go to sleep. We had to be quiet because daddy had to get up, you know, yeah. so early. And I remember those nights where like now as a parent, I'm like, oh my God, I must have driven them crazy. And like with my father having to get like, you know, I didn't know them, but like, I would just, they used to call me, I'd like walk back and forth to the bathroom so they could like hear, be like, I'm still up. Do you know I'm still up? Like, you know, like back and forth, back and forth. And that had to be so annoying. Um, I think I just like, I'd go into my brother's room a lot and he's the type, like put my head on the pillow, fall asleep. Mm. And I'd be like, can I, like my younger brother would be, can I sleep on your floor? And he was like, what? I'm like, can I just sleep on your floor? He's like, okay. I just wanted to be around someone, yeah. you know, knowing someone was around me would help me fall asleep. Um, if I fell asleep before everyone, I'd be okay. But when I was the only one up and the house was quiet and the house was dark. And then what happens is as you get older, that would manifest. Um, and like, oh my God, I have to work tomorrow or I have class tomorrow. And it's, it's one o'clock. It's two o'clock. It's three o'clock. It's four o'clock. Oh my God. Now I only have like three hours of sleep. How am I going to, fu- and then you just start going on the, yes. the wheel of like, how am I going to function? How's this going to, you know, yes. the thought loop yeah. becomes uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Sleep anxiety is so, yeah. Like I must have nine hours of sleep mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, no, wait, it's eight. Okay. I can deal with eight. It's okay. Wait, no, it's seven. Wait, this is going to start to be really like, yeah. not a great and then once day. you start getting to like five or four, I mean, five, even if I'm, I'm okay, I can make it on five, but like four, three, you're like, oh how, yeah. You go on the loop, what you yeah. called it. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I love this. I, I, we don't talk <laughs> about sleep really, enough and sleep. It's true. Yes. And when Lauren and I talked, so I was important. like, important. it's so, as you know, I've just realized the benefits. I actually drive my, I make the choice. I live five minutes from, not even from my girl's school. And I'm like, if I drive them and I can, I'm like, they get to sleep 30 minutes more. Yeah. So important, especially for children. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And when yeah. you have a hard time sleeping, it's really rough. Yeah. Ruins everything else. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. yeah. I related so hard to when Lauren and I were chatting and she said she slept on the floor in the hallway and her parents went, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly like, <laughs> right. Abby. And like our first two episodes, I said that I was like, yeah. I saw a spider in my room once. And so for three weeks, I slept on the floor in the hallway yeah. Yeah. and it was more about the spider and less about the sleep. <laughs> but like, I felt really comfortable and safe being not in my, my own yeah. quiet space mm-hmm. alone. It was like, totally. I felt better being in like a communal space. Even if my sister was waking up for high school the next day and I was like five and she was like tripping over over my face yeah. to get to the bathroom. I didn't care because I felt safer. So yes. yeah, a lot of relating hard. <laughs> I feel like ultimately like all behaviors communicating like unmet needs. And, and for us, we didn't know we had anxiety, but yeah. it totally manifested in like sleeping in hallways and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. It manifested yeah. in sleeping. In hallways. <laughs> um, Lauren, you had told this which I thought was so interesting. You shared a little bit about how you felt like you had a little bit of, of a predisposition to anxiety because oh, of some yeah. stuff you um, had learned as as you got older about Genetics. your family. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, my my grandfather, who I was very closest, we had like a very tight bond. Um, phenomenal man, and he had he had very bad anxiety, like cr- crippling anxiety. My anxiety is like I call it like functional anxiety, mm-hmm. and his wasn't. And this was in the probably like early sixties when no, you know, no one spoke about these types of things, social anxiety, anxiety, and his was debilitating where he couldn't, he couldn't go into work. So my grandparents flipped roles and my grandmother was the one that had the full-time job. And my grandfather was like the Mr. Mom who stayed home. And, um, you know, that caused a whole sort of issues for my mother, but that's a whole other story. But, you know, (laughs) he, he wanted to do his part, but he just, he had such bad anxiety. He couldn't, it was crippling. Um, so they switched roles and my uncle, my mom's brother, um, he passed very young when he was 29. And a few years ago, my mom found his journals and I've always been very, um, I've always been very intrigued and interested in him because I never Mm -hmm. met him. And I feel like I'd have like a strong connection with him. There's a lot of similarities between us. So she gave me his journals and I read them and I was like, Oh my God, the first entry starts about his anxiety. And he starts talking about it and like going into depth about it. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, I remember Wayne Dyer, who once said something like, you don't want to like, I'm not blaming anyone for my anxiety. And I don't remember what Wayne Dyer said. It was like a quote about something, something relatives and predispositions. And I think he was saying like, don't blame them, which is true. And I do believe um, that 
I do have some sort of predisposition. You know, I think what he was probably saying to say is don't, don't let that be like, oh, I'm predisposition to anxiety. Now I'm anxious. Okay. Maybe I am predisposition to it. Like, how do I work with that? Right. Um, because I do think looking back at my grandfather and my uncle, like, yeah, they had really bad anxiety. And I, um, I think I've realized it more to my husband. He's not an anxious person. So I don't know if either of your partners have anxiety. However, when you, when you're partnered with someone who doesn't quite understand it, yeah, they can try and sympathize, but they can't really empathize. And that's sometimes, you know, like that's hard. Or like, if he does have anxiety, which is not often, I'll be like, God, what is this feeling? And he'll explain, anxiety. He's like, it's terrible. I'm like, I know. Hello. My world. I live with it every day. Like, yes. Yeah. So, wow. Well, I mean, the first thing that, that, that we can't dive into too much right now, but what is so fascinating is that two men, right. In your family had anxiety when anxiety, like anxiety wasn't spoken about when we were kids. Right. Right. And these two men, and there's so much stigma amount, like men get it together, provide for your family, right, right. don't have feelings or emotions. And so mm-hmm. how that, like, just how hard total, that was. Yeah. For them. Right. Yeah. All of those challenges. Yes. Um, but then also like, I totally, relate to what you're saying where like I see many of my family members that have had anxiety and it manifests in ways because they don't know they have anxiety as like controlling or neurotic or (laughs) doesn't leave the house and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and I see like right we can be predisposed to it and we don't have to blame them but we can be also the ones that start to model a different way of yes absolutely absolutely I I think too and women and men wind up getting because for so many years, right. Nobody, nobody was really talking about mental health, certainly, but not anxiety since that's why we're, that's why we're here right now. But I feel like they want all of these feelings, these anxious feelings wound up being labeled for men and women in different ways too. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, like you kind of just said, Abby, like the women were high strung or they uh, were dramatic or they were neurotic is a bit neurotic neurotic from like a Jewish background, like neurotic, you know, like, (laughs) Yes, yeah. Definitely. And we, we laughed about this, Lauren, but like, and Abby and I were just shaking our heads vigorously. Cause like neither of our partners have anxiety, certainly not in the way that we have it. Yeah. And so just relating to like, you know, how having, I feel like, I don't know how I would ever function if Adam wasn't so stable all the time. Grounded, <laughs> like, yeah. <generally. laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Brian is a very grounding force. Me. And what's interesting too, is when he does get anxious, then I rise to the occasion. Cause I'm like, Ooh, he, Same. you know, like, I'm like, I need to be like, I'll not that it makes me calmer, but I'm like, oh, wow. Like, okay. I need to yeah, really I have myself and feel more centered because he rarely gets anxious like that. Yeah. You want to yeah. be supportive, you know? Exactly. Right. Okay. It's my time to shine. I can anchor into my body. <laughs> yeah. Let me teach you something. We're, we're all yoga teachers here. Like. <laughs> well, I think so that's funny. funny. That brings up another thing that I think we spoke about is people sometimes, you know, I always think to myself, like, thank God I have my practice because if I didn't like, yes, I'm still anxious. And if I didn't have my practice, I don't even, I'd feel so untethered, right. you know, mm-hmm. right. it's my rituals, which like my morning rituals that really like set the foundation for my day. And also just they ground and center me, you know? Right. So, yes. right. And I, I just got chills when you said that, because I really feel like there is like a misconception or something where, um, if you learn yoga or mindfulness or something, it's going to cure your anxiety. Right. right? And, and that's definitely not the case. It just helps us be more functional human beings. Like yeah, that's world. why I come to the practice for tools. You yeah, know, right. it's not like it's boom, it's gone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We just- wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thinking about this a little bit, how, how would you say that anxiety kind of shows up in you, like in your mind, your body, your behaviors? Most recently, right? Like, yeah, or just in general. Yeah. Generally, or I think like generally now there's a lot of anxiety around, you know, my, my children, you know, like just (laughs) constantly, like, you know, sometimes like, I think it was that Brene Brown book, um, uh, what's daring to be great. Um, Mm -hmm. she spoke about like, I remember there was this paragraph. She's like, have any of you ever stood over your kids and like, 
saw, watched them sleeping and thought like how much in, you know, how much you love them. And then all of a sudden you have the worst thought. And I shot up in bed because I was like, Oh my God, that's me. That's like a thing. I was like, I thought I was crazy. I was like, that's like a thing that like Brene Brown is talking about. And that was so reassuring for me. And then she just goes like deeper into it and like why we do that. Um, and I think, you know, definitely around my children and health, those are things that like my anxiety definitely, um, I see it manifest and loop on like yeah. specifically postpartum anxiety. There was a, and that's when I, I got back into therapy after my girls were born after actually the first one was born because I was like, Oh my God, these thoughts, they're, they're not debilitating yet. They're driving me crazy. And yeah. I need to know, like, is this normal? Like what's going on? How do I control them? I also have a lot of, um, you know, I believe in like attracts like, right. Mm-hmm. So then I, my anxious mindset go, well, if you're thinking it, it's going to happen, you know? So <laughs> then I get into like, I mean, that's like yeah. a layered loop. And I start thinking, but if you keep thinking this, Lauren, you're attracting it, you're bringing it into your life, you know? And then I have mm-hmm. to have a therapist tell me, okay, that's not how it works. <laughs> you know, like, and it, even though you know that. Yeah. No, it's need a sounding board, right? It's such, it's such an exhausting cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly that part. It's like, I, I know the Brene Brown part you're talking about. She also like does a Netflix special where she talks yes. about it too, where you like love someone, a partner, a kid, and then you just have all these thoughts of like losing them or worst case scenarios. Oh, yes. And then you're you like, Oh my like- God. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like a horrible person, but then also you're like terrified. You're like, Oh my God, I put that thought into the universe. Now mm-hmm. what? And like, exactly. I mean, I've, I've been lying in bed and I'll like shudder or something. And my husband's like, what the, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing. Like, I just, I, I'll think something and it makes me like jolt, yeah. you know? And I'm like, God, that's not normal. And right. I think it's more normal than we think it is. And yet yeah. it's such an unsettling feeling, you know? Yes. And Hence, I'm saying right before bed, I do find too, my anxious thoughts. And I remember a therapist told me this. I wake up and I wish I didn't. I often wake up feeling anxious or nervous. You know, I want to wake up and be like, thank you, God, for, I heard heard someone once say, connecting my body and my spirit. And I love that, right? Like, thank you just for waking up. And I kind of wake up and I'm like, oh my God, okay. Like, (laughs) you know, I have to like... So that yeah. I see it show up in the morning. I see it show up um, around my kids, mm. around my body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are yeah. the big places. And like, what a and way driving. to enjoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, what a way to wake up, right? Like for people that don't have anxiety, like, like we said, they don't really understand the experience. Right. And it's not just like anxiety is something that like, Oh, I'm worried about something I have to do in the future. And now I have anxiety. It's like, no, we can just wake up with anxiety and have to start our day like that (laughs) and navigate that challenge before moving on through the rest of the day or just carrying it with us. You know, it's like, Yes. No. And a therapist once said to me, when I told her that she actually told me, she goes a lot of, she goes, that's actually very normal. And I was like, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. You know, Cause I was right. going there to talk about my anxiety. Like I, I sought out someone who like specialized yeah. in anxiety. And she's like, that's a normal thing yeah. because you know, I want to wake up. I have so much to be grateful for. And I want to wake up with this feeling of like, oh, another day, like, you know, and yet I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God. You know, that just that feeling you guys, the pit, right? Like I wake up with that like feeling and I'm like, why? And then I, you know, I go into my morning ritual and I do like meditation and morning pages and that helps get it out. You know, Um, that's useful. I love that you have anxiety about your morning anxiety. Yeah, (laughs) just made me laugh. Anxiety about my morning anxiety. (laughs) I mean, I I don't mean to laugh. I'm not trying to laugh at you, but like generally- I find for me also like one of the best antidotes to anxiety. I have, you have to laugh. Yeah. I, mean, I, you have to, yeah, you just have to. Yeah. So yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's exactly that. Like in the moment it's exhausting, like, especially like, oh, I have a pain. Is this cancer? Right. It's exhausting. But when we can just talk about it with community who understands, yes. we can laugh about it because we know how ridiculous it is, but we mm-hmm. also know how exhausting it is. It's like, yes. Yeah, and then you absolutely. can feel validated, right? Yeah. Too, like knowing, oh, it, but it is normal as someone who lives with anxiety to experience those thoughts and feelings. It's completely normal yeah. for an anxious person. Um, 
you told this really awesome story in our call and I'd love to hear, I'd love our listeners to be able to hear a little bit more about it. Uh, you called it a game changer for you. It was after college, I believe you went to see a doctor when you were um, dealing with an eating disorder. Oh yes. Can you Dr. tell us a little Pepper. bit about that? Yes, yes. So I had, um, throughout high school and I'd guess my freshman and freshman to junior year of college, I struggled with an eating disorder and it got pretty bad in college where, you know, the RA was like, are you okay? And I came Mm -hmm. home and my parents were like, yeah, you can't go back to school unless you get help. So Mm -hmm. they took me to this excellent doctor in Long Island at the time. Um, he was, he was very well, he had a book like dying to be thin. His name was Dr. Ira Sacker. And he was, you know, he was this like New York Jew and he spoke like this and (laughs) he was very charismatic. And, um, he, he, he helped me tremendously. And I remember that first session I went with my parents and then I saw him maybe like once or twice during like that winter break. And then I started seeing him in the summers when I got home my freshman year and I worked with him for one summer and he definitely, I mean, he, there was a big shift after working with him and he gave me this book. He was like, you gotta get the blinders off Lauren. And I was like, well, I'm really talking about, he's like, I'm going to give you this book. And it was called the dragon doesn't live here anymore. And it was my first kind, it it was a spiritual book Mm -hmm. and he gave it to me and he was like, all right. He's like, I want you to ignore anywhere. It says Jesus Christ. Don't freak out. He's like, just read the book. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Like I was 19 or something. I'm like, okay, sure. And I read the book and it kind of it really did. It took the blinders off that. Like, I'm not just this body and I'm not my thoughts. Yeah. Like I'm more than my thoughts. And that to me was like, wait, I, like I, I had to literally wrap my head around that. Like, oh, I can change my thoughts. I have yeah. power over my thoughts. And then I got really into reading like conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. And that's where I really started my, you know, I, my, my spiritual journey, I guess, you know, I was practicing yoga in college. And at first it was just for the asana, right. It was like physical based. And then I was like, wait, there's so much more than just the physical. And that's when everything kind of opened up for me after that first book. And then I just kind of dove in and, um, yeah, since then, (laughs) yeah, the dragon doesn't live here anymore. Check it out. I still have it downstairs. Yeah. And like, I mean, what a gift at such a young age, like we're all kids mm-hmm. yoga teachers. And I, I am assuming that we want to teach kids because we're like, let's give them tools. We didn't get till we yes. were older. Right. Yeah. But, I, was, but I you, look back. I'm like, oh my God, if I knew any of this when I was yes. eight years old and struggling. Right. Right. Who would we be now? But, but right. even so, like you still got it at a pretty young age. Like just that, yes. like not every thought you think is true. You're not your thoughts. Huge, huge, huge shift yeah. for me. Like a really, you know, the, yeah, that was, that was a pivotal moment. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, so you mentioned this really briefly a moment ago, but I want to dive a little bit deeper in it. You talked um, in our chat, you talked about how your anxieties kind of changed over the course of your life, how it's shifted through the seasons of your life. Um, and I think so many of our fellow warriors can relate to experiencing different types of anxiety during different stages of their life. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned driving and I want you to share more about <laughs> yeah. that because I driving. thought that was really I- interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so just, and share with us just a little bit about like, and, and you also said about postpartum depression and anxiety mm-hmm. a little bit. So like, if you can just elaborate on some yeah. of that stuff. Sure. So I'm um, driving. So when I was in college, I went to college in Chicago. I drove from Chicago to New York by myself. Um, When I was in LA, I drove all over 405 everywhere. (laughs) Then I moved to New York and I stopped driving um, for a while because you don't really drive in New York City. And then it was just really hard for me to, now I should preface it. I've never loved to drive. Like I was never the one, like my high school friends would be like, oh yeah, like Lauren, you know, I, I would rather like, do anything but be the driver. You know, I just don't love to drive. I never have. However, it got worse. Um, and it's not something that is, well, no, this is, I think I told you, this is one thing that does, I wouldn't say it's debilitating, but it does prevent me sometimes. Like Jessica, mm-hmm. you know, she's in New Jersey. I'm like, she knows. I'm like, oh, I can't visit. I can't drive over the bridges. I'm like, I'll freak out. Like there's no, like, I just, that scares yeah. me a lot. Yeah. You know? um, so I'll drive around here, you know? I don't love the highways. I'll take them. I prefer a parkway over like the LIE. I don't like driving by big trucks. That gives me a lot of anxiety. Yes. Um, that's like, I literally, my, my, I mean, my husband, 
hates driving next to me. I will like, we'll be by a truck and I like have to close my eyes and like pray to, pray to Archangel Michael and like do like, I am like crazy person. Yeah. Um, and I just don't like it. And, you know, I find I, I drive. Um, and if someone else prefers to drive me, I will always take that as the option, <laughs> you know, always. I'll be like, great. I mean, locally, I'm fine locally right. like it's but it's more like longer trips i used to drive on the interest inter interest interstate to go you know i had a boyfriend in iowa i would drive from chicago to iowa in the middle of the night i mean i used to not care <laughs> at all and then now i'm just like yeah no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that <laughs> it shifts it shifts and it definitely i feel you like at getting older I'm more like, let me question this decision before I do it rather than, but I just, I love that you said the trucks because I don't think I've ever given voice to like anxiety with tractor trailer trucks, except for like with my husband in the car. And I'm like, like, I'm literally doing like long exhales as yeah. I'm like gripping the wheel, focusing, like, yeah, so focused, truck, don't right? shift. <laughs> oh, so yeah. If it's yeah. like a gust of wind goes by, you're like, no, no, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there's definitely, um, I know I related to this there. so hard. Cause like <laughs> I just shared with Abby in one of our earlier episodes too, that I didn't start driving till I was 23. And it was ah. because I had such intense anxiety about just the idea that somebody would give me a vehicle to move around the world. Like, I was like, what do you mean you want me to control this giant piece of machinery? And mm -hmm. it's supposed to take me place. It was, it was really rough. For me I for saw something time. recently and I loved it. It was Dolly Parton. Who's like, amazing. And they were asking her, um, you know, you don't like to fly. And she was so, you know, she was so confident and just like, no, she was like, I don't. And she, you know, she was so dolly and like, she owned it so well. Right. Cause there were certain things. It's like a little embarrassing, like to say certain things. And she was like, I take my bus everywhere. She was like, and if I have to fly, I fly private. And I was like, Good for you, Dolly. Okay. She just mm -hmm. so owned it. You know, yeah. she was like, I don't like the sense of lack of control. I get motion sickness. She's like, and I just don't like it. So I don't do it. Right. And you know, she's Dolly. And I was like, all right, that may, you know, just <laughs> owning that, that fear, you know? Yeah. Right. And the permission that we don't have to push ourselves to do things if we don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I thought that, and, and just, just thinking more broadly for anyone listening that like, we're going to go through so many different things in our lives. And the older we get, yeah, the more cynical we are, the more jaded we are, the more we know about the world and therefore it gives us more anxiety. So we're like thinking back to your college days and it's like driving in the middle of the night and it's because we didn't really potentially know all the risk that we were taking. Right. But now the older you get, yeah, you, I mean, you understand more of that risk. Like how did I even get through all of that stuff? I think there are things now though, too, like on the reciprocal that I might not have done then. And I do now. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, but I think you're right too. You're in college and you're like, yeah, I'll drive through an ice storm to see my, you know, yes. <laughs> boyfriend in Iowa. I remember I got in an accident. I was like on the interstate, like, what was oh, I God. doing at like two in the morning? I was like, it's okay. Good, I'll now be I'm fine. Like, oh, it's dark. It's 5 PM. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so tell us, you, you mentioned therapy several times throughout the conversation, but share with us a little bit, um, more about some of the ways that you like to cope with your anxiety or that you found some helpful strategies over the years. I think for me, the most helpful thing, and this is what I forgot. I was like, I did not mention this. So is my practice. So the physical asana, however, also a meditation practice. I started, I guess it's been like four years now. I do TM, um, transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I had a meditation practice. It was though, like, just kind of, it was not, there was no real foundation for it. It was just mm -hmm. me sitting, which is why I went to TM. Um, but I think my, what helps me the most is my morning ritual. Having ritual yeah. helps me. And part of that is probably, um, along with anxiety, I have some control issues. And I think that, I think they're connected. I do think they're connected because the unknown causes a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You know, I think that's what like the sleep, all those things, like the unknown, mm -hmm. right. And how to, that's what I talk a lot about with children, right. There's a great fable called um, the Zen farmer. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's really good. It's just so. about, um, you know, the farmer, all these circumstances happen. And he always says, we'll see, because he doesn't mm -hmm. know. And he's okay. Mm -hmm. in the unknown, right. Yeah. For me, the unknown is very scary because yeah. I go to worst case scenario, yeah. right. So for me, having the ritual is a form of control, right? And I, 
I'm aware of that. So if I skip a day, it's okay. And at the same time, it does really support me. It makes me feel grounded. It makes me feel centered. Um, it makes me feel, I guess that I do have, you know, I can start my day the way I want and it's, you know, meditation, journaling, and movement. So those are all things that make me feel good. Um, and the meditation is just important because I can tell, like, that was another big thing, realizing that meditation doesn't mean you don't think. It's just, you're mm-hmm. like, you're like a remove, you're, you're observing. Right. Yeah. So I can, sometimes I'm like, Oh God, my mind is not shutting up today. Like this is, I, I can't, I'm looking at the clock three times, you know, like I can gauge like, Oh, you're in a, you're in a state today, Lauren, you know? So I think my morning ritual probably helps me, um, tremendously music. I have a few mm-hmm. playlists that really help and scent. So I would say my ritual, my music, and like this certain sense really yeah. help yeah. calm me and make me feel more at peace. Right. Right. I love, I love how we all find the things that, that help us and um, nature and nature. Yeah. Yeah. Nature that's is, if nature we're lucky is- to be in nature. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a huge one. Um, will you tell our audience a little bit more about TM? Cause I I've definitely sure. heard about it, but again, there's so many different types sure. of meditation and mindfulness and yes. yeah. Um, so I love TM. Um, I, I heard about it from like a friend who started practicing it and I was kind of looking, I was looking for some sort of structure around my meditation, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I use insight timer and I was using that for a while. And then I, I just was like, I need to do something for myself. You know, I think it was after my, maybe Juliet was a baby. So maybe I had two girls, but they were little and, you know, you hear things about TM in the, I don't know, there was a certain, you know, people, oh, is it a cult? Is it this? Cause you, you pay money for the course and it's not at all. Um, you know, it's an exchange. So I, I had no problem to learn the technique to invest in it. Um, and it's basically, they give you a, a, a mantra, you know, mm-hmm. and I think there was like a Larry David or something, uh, curb your enthusiasm about it. Cause you're not supposed to tell anyone you're right. Mantra. Right. Um, <laughs> give you a mantra and then they teach you the technique and it's basically, you know, it's like, it's using mantra to meditate and they, mm-hmm. you know, and you do like, um, I don't remember, maybe the course was like a week. And then after the course, you can do like check-ins anytime you want. I haven't done one in a while. I probably should call my teacher. Um, and they just call, either call you over the phone or you go to the, the, you know, the TM office where, where you are, and they'll just do like a check-in with you, make sure, ask you questions. They'll do the practice with you, ask you how you're feeling, if you have any questions. Um, and yeah, it's, I'd say it's like mantra-based meditation, um, which is good because when your mind is spinning, you're like, oh my God, you go back to the mantra. And um, yeah, you know, they, they, you can do it anywhere. You know, I've done it on a, except they say like, don't do it when you're driving because you want your eyes closed, but you could do it while someone else is driving. I've done it on a train. Like you could do it anywhere. You don't have to like sit in Sukhasana or cross like a position to do it. They'll say you can like recline a bit, which sometimes I find myself knowing the body. I'm like, I really should sit up, sit up more. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get up early before my girls to do all this. So sometimes if I'm just really tired, I'm like, Hey, I'm reclining. It's better than nothing. You know, like, so I'll sometimes I try and get out in my living room and do it there, but sometimes I'll just lie in my bed and close my eyes and do it. Um, it's really simple Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to do it twice a day, 20 minutes a day. Wow. Okay. So I do my morning 20 and then I I try pre COVID. I was really good about doing it for four, you know, Two twenty 20 minutes and then COVID hit, um, and that, you know, yep. up everything. And it was really hard to find that 20 minutes when you had like no structure and stuff. And that's been harder to, it's getting easier now that my girls are back in school. Um, I can't say I do the 20 minute afternoon one every single day, but I try yeah. for at least half the week. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know so, it sounds yeah. like a lot in the beginning. I was like, what? Right. Yeah, 40 minutes. minutes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's crazy. I like do like five, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But you get used to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I love that. Do you have any other questions? Not that um, I'm like an expert, but I don't know if I answered what you were. Totally. No, I mean, I mean, and you know how, like when people talk, you all hear it in like the, you hear it in your experience. So I hear it as a form of like, you know, like a focus practice or an anchoring your mind practice or, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can take it wherever you want to go. Like you have this thing with you. Yes, exactly. I love breath-based meditation too. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I try and like, maybe I start with that a little and then I'll go into the mantra. Um, 
So yeah, I think love it. both of those. Yeah. So yeah. good. My, I mean, Abby knows and all, all of our listeners know that words and mantras like save my life. <laughs> yeah. Affirmations every morning in my journal. Um, most of them are like to appease my anxiety. You know? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Let's yeah, remind yeah. our anxiety, the other things outside yes. of anxiety, like what else is <laughs> right. possible? Yeah. Um, so what would you say your relationship is with your anxiety these days? How would you describe your relationship to it? Hmm. How would I describe my relationship to it? It's a good question. Um, it's not winning. <laughs> um, and it's, it's there. Um, I don't know how, how to describe it. Um, I don't think, you know, like I'm glad it's not debilitating for me. Yeah. It is, um, a, um, it's familiar, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely a familiar, um, I don't want to say friend and I don't want to say foe, you know, cause Friend-y. I think. Yeah, kind of. It's like a familiar presence in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I can feel it in my body. It's right in my chest. Um, or sometimes in like between my shoulder blades. Um, actually probably more anxiety is more in my chest. Stress Mm -hmm. is more in the anxiety leads to the stress, but yes, my upper back. Um, yeah, I would just say it's a very familiar, it's comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. It's comfortably like uncomfortable. So beautifully said. Yeah. Agreed. That's I it. <laughs> I feel That's that. It. Yeah. Um, all right. You could go back in time and speak with a young, vibrant, exuberant Lauren. I mean, you're all those things now, but you can go back to younger, younger Lauren and, and give her a piece of advice. What would it be? So watch your thoughts and know that you have the power to change them. Yeah. Um, you have the power to change your thoughts and you're probably teenage Lauren, like you're more than your body, you know, so much more. Um, so those things, I think about the thoughts though, cause that was just really kind of transformative for yeah. me, Yeah. you yeah. know, knowing that I had that power to kind of like, like the witness, like the observer to like step out and be like, Oh, you're in an anxiety loop. How can we stop that? What can we do? Or can we just notice it? And is that sometimes enough, you right. know, to say like, oh God, you're spinning right now on that hamster wheel and not, and to be, I mean, something that I'm working on now is to just be, I'm very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. So like, just to be more gentle on myself and like, yeah, you're having a day. It's okay. Like it'll right. pass. Yeah. So I think that too. Right. It's, it's such a game changer when you realize that not all your thoughts are true. Right. It's like, it's that, oh, wait, all this time I've been telling myself I'm not good enough and I'm Mm -hmm. not perfect. And I'm, there's all these things wrong with me and wait, (coughs) that's not true. Right. (laughs) Then what could be true? Yeah. Right. The potential, you know? So I I agree completely. That's probably what I would tell myself. Like, you know, your thoughts, um, you're, you, you can control them. You are in charge. You know, the mind, I think this was an, I love Wayne Dyer. I think he said the mind can be slippery, you know, and I love that the mind can be very slippery. Yeah. Um, so, I like that. Yeah. Slippery is such a visual word. Yeah. Yeah. With kids, sometimes I'll tell them like meditation, we want to smooth the mind, you know, we want to make yeah. the mind smooth and like, instead of slippery where it's like going all over the place. Right. And it's hard to catch <laughs> when it's right, slippery, right. it's going to slip through your fingers. Like it's, right. it's just, yeah. you think about something slippery, it's all over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, it provides so many visuals. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Final question before we get into some lightning round. Lightning round. Um, what does being an anxiety warrior mean to you? I think it's, um, it's learning how to live with your anxiety, you know, kind of what I like, make friends, like make friends with your anxiety, you know, like what we tell the kids when we teach, like make friends with these big feelings, you know? So I think being an anxiety warrior is learning how to make friends with your anxiety, how to, and once we make friends with it, then sometimes we can make it get a little bit smaller. You know, basically I always think what I'm teaching the kids is just what I need. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, yeah, it's making it get a little bit smaller. And so it doesn't become crippling. 
Yeah. So it doesn't become crippling and it doesn't become debilitating. You know, we make friends with it. So it can become a little bit smaller and we can talk to it or talk ourselves out of it um, and live fulfilling lives. So good. Yeah. So good. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to have some fun now. Oh yeah. What? I love it. <laughs> so excited. So Abby and I are going to go back and forth. We're going to share um, just like a getting to know you fun, probably silly because it usually is question. Yeah, that's okay. I'm down. And I know your game form a drama major and yeah. extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Abby, you want me to go first? I do. Yes. <laughs> I'm pulling up my do. questions right now. <laughs> okay. Lauren. Yeah. I know. We know that you are an equal office nerd. Oh yeah. yeah. You love your MGS, Michael Gary Scott, Michael Gary, Michael Gary, and you have a beautiful singing voice. Oh God. So I want you to sing any line or the whole song, uh, that Hunter that's from Hunter's album in dinner. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I can hold on. Um, if you need the first line, I can help you. No, no, no. I have to get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's babe. It's the, it's dinner party. It's one of my favorite You took me by the hand (laughs) and made me man (laughs) that one night one night made everything all right right yes oh my god God. we took me by the hand of course you got it that one night made everything all right that one night babe that one night babe that is so good episode i'm watching tonight now (laughs) dinner party yes Dinner party is like one of my top three. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now I'm just going to riff now. So if you were one of the characters from the office, who would you be? Who would I be? Okay. Who would I be if I was in the office? Oh my God. Who would I be? Oh, this is a lightning round. I should just like say it. Right. I don't know. No. I don't know who I'd be. Who would I be? Who would I be? Who would I be? I don't know what I'd be. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say Pam, but I don't think I'm very Pammy. Um, not no, Pam, don't call me Pammy. Don't call me Pammy. Um, <laughs> don't call me Pammy. Don't call me Pammy. I don't know. Would I be? Would I be a male? Would I be? Um, I oh God, I don't. I'm, I'm not an Angela. I'm not a Meredith. I'm not a Phyllis. I'm not a Pam. Am I? A, am I a Jim? I don't know. No, I'm not a Jim. I'm not a Dwight. Are you Carol? a Karen? Right. <laughs> Maybe I'm a Karen. I might be a Karen. <laughs> okay. I might okay. be a Karen. I'm gonna be Being a Karen is such a derogatory phrase these days. I'm not that type of Karen. <laughs> Karen Filipini. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's just funny. Like, I might be a Karen. Just sounds Karen. very low. No, that's going to be my soundbite. I might be a Karen. <laughs> um, maybe. I don't know. Or I'm like, am I Oscar? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. God, yes. I, I I can't answer that. And I really need to ponder that. We'll just go with Karen for an answer. We'll go with Karen. Okay. I don't yeah. really, I don't feel that's it's not resonating I, there, yeah, it's but not resonating. it's the closest for now. Sure. Yeah. I always feel like a hybrid of different characters myself. Yeah. You know, Karen, we're not just, all Karen, one character. She's like a boss girl. She's ambitious. She wanted the job in the city. Mm-hmm. Like, so like I, I get Karen's ambition. So like, I'll go with Karen for her ambition. And I feel I've been on the, on the stick of unrequited love as like a high schooler and her and Jim. So we'll say Karen. Love it. Okay. You could pick up and move to anywhere in the world. Like tomorrow, where would you want to go? Hawaii. Hawaii or Santa Barbara. So beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes warm and sunny. (laughs) Yes. Yes, please. Right. By the water. So, all right. So you said that music is one of, one of the ways that like it supports you. So what is your like go-to song to energize you? To energize me? I'm going to say, um, I love, um, what's it's, it's a queen song. It's, um, is it don't stop believing or is that the, no, I, don't I, stop me now? Nah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Good time. That's like when I'm washing dishes at night, like I do a dance party to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't stop me now. I love, that's a great, a great song that one. always gets me going. Yeah. Anytime I put on Queen, I'm always like, oh my gosh, Queen's always amazing. Like I'm always Queen's always amazing. Yeah. I was in the car with Juliet. This was last year and we were listening to that. We were like rocking out. Some guy rolls down the window. He's like, are you listening to Lori Berkner? And I was like, oh, Queen. And he was like, <laughs> even better because Juliet oh, was shopping around and stuff. So yeah, Queen's great. That's right. You got to raise your kids. Everyone's got to be raising their kids to listen to the classics. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Listen so, to the old yeah. school, old school rock. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Final question from me. What is your favorite animal? And can you make the animals sound, please? Mm. And thank you. Oh, 
God, I have like two. Okay. Let's hear them both. Two works. Okay. The first I, I, I love my doggy. I have an amazing doggy. Uh, Buddha. He's been super quiet and great. And I'm very much a cat person. <laughs> um, I, I love, I have like a colony of outdoor cats. Um, I, I, I love, and I will get another cat um, soon. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> He's like, our house is too small. He's like the dog right now. We can't take another animal. Um, but I, I love a cat and cat with me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a little too good. I know. I like it's, it. Um, it's a little too good. And then I love, I love <laughs> dolphins and dolphins. They have a sonar. So they're like, <laughs> and when I swam with them, like in the, not in like a cage in like the actual, um, in, in Bimini in the Bahamas and wow. them, like, um, just like humpback whales. I've also oh. gone water with a whale and you can hear their like, they're like, they're like bellows. <laughs> oh, I love yeah, it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I just, I picture you like just sitting outside on your stoop. I don't even know if you have a super and just calling to the local cats. Is <laughs> that meow? It's normal. It's a little, yeah, we have Luna and then there's Mr. Ch- well, I haven't seen Mr. Chow for a while. There's Celestia, there's Binks, there's Shadow. Oh, Binx. There's there's a few. Yeah. I love that you've named them all too. That's like, that's, that's how, you know, you're attached. Yeah. Yeah. We're very into our, well, I am. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Brian, maybe not so much. Yes. Yeah. True. All right. All right. So last question. Yes. If you could instantly be an expert in any subject that you've never learned before, what would it be? Boy, instantly be an expert. Um, I'm going to say I would love to learn more about like um, astronomy and the moons, mm. like real, like deep, like, um, yeah. I don't know if you know Jen, I think it's Rassiope. She had a great book called, oh, Cosmic Health. I think it was Cosmic, Cosmic Health. Health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, cool. Um, that was a really good book. And I'd love to like know all about like astronomy and the moons and the what sign has your rising and what the you know yeah so cool oh, I love love, cool. love love all right awesome so before we let you go lauren um would love to hear if you have a win of the week oh a win of the week a win of the week um Or just well, we had a successful, I'm going to say we had a successful Halloween yesterday and I really, my mm-hmm. little one looks forward to that holiday for 364 days. And I think they had a good day. So, you know, I planned some activities for them. It went pretty well. So I'm going to go, that's my win. My girls had a, a really fun Halloween. And after what kids have been through these past two years, um, I was yes. really excited about that. That's a huge win. Had a good day. Yeah. What, so good. what did everyone dress up as? What were the, oh, they we so had good. a little, we try and do like a, for the past, like five years, we've tried to do like a family, like theme. So my girls choose the costumes. They wanted to be angels and devils. And I was the fallen angel. And then Brian was a judge. So it was like a judgment day theme with the angel and judge. Yeah. So it was very deep, very creative. Yeah. Oh yeah. Super deep. I love it. It's, it's what so they good. had at party city. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was cute though. And they had, they had a lot of fun. So I was happy for them. So that would That's be my great day. news. Great news. So, um, tell everyone where they can connect with you. You can connect with me. Um, I own Yogi beans, so you can follow us on Instagram. Um, you can follow us on TikTok, Facebook, shoot me an email at info at Yogi beans, Google Yogi beans and yeah, I'm always, you can reach me anytime there. Lauren, if anyone out there is listening or who's interested in kids yoga, Lauren has a wonderful, wonderful kids yoga training that I was oh, lucky enough to take. You. And I get to teach for the bean team. And I love doing that. We so are much. so lucky for that. And, for and I will say, I have only heard amazing things about yogi Thank beans. You. Yes. Yeah, so much coming from. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank yeah. you. All right, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. We loved having you. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show. It was great to, it was great and reaffirming to remind myself I'm not that crazy, right? We all feel these things. We're all in it together. Yeah, thank you for the work you do. It's really affirming for people with anxiety to know that they're not alone. And some of the things we think are so crazy are are not. They're just part of of existing with anxiety. That's it. Yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Bye. Woo, this was such a great episode to re-listen to. I loved getting to hear it again. Yeah, totally. This was super, super fun. 
Yeah. Lauren is just so enigmatic and bubbly and, um, just warm. I really just, I mean, I know her like we yeah. together. And so I have those feelings regardless, but even if, I think even if we were strangers and she was just a guest on the podcast, I'd feel that way about her. She just gives us such a wonderful energy and, you know, super authentic. One thing yes. I really, really, um, appreciate, um, about Lauren is that, you know, she's a yogi and she's a kid's yoga teacher. Um, but she doesn't pretend that she's not human. And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes, I don't think, I have experienced being with people in the kids yoga field that pretend they don't have this other human side. Um, and, and she's just really real and authentic and vulnerable in sharing it. And I feel like that just makes her a really awesome teacher because she's so in touch with who she is. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the things that drew me to want to work with her when we initially met back in 2016, because because of my similar experience, like you of, of mm-hmm. noted or being around people in the kids yoga field or just in yoga or the wellness field that literally pretended at every moment that they not only had it together and didn't experience a lot of these big things that we were trying to help kids navigate, which it's yeah. like, how can you really help the kids navigate experiences if you don't have experiences with that thing it's yourself right. or if you're pretending you don't have experience mm-hmm. with that thing. Um, and it always made me feel really bad about myself and insecure being around yes. people in the wellness field that treated it like that. And so I'm glad you're bringing that up because when I first met Lauren and we connected, I felt like, oh, this is a person. This is a person who doesn't have her stuff together all the time. And she makes it fun and funny and normal. And like, there was like our, one of our first calls, she was, you know, arguing with her daughter in the background. And she was just like, ah, oh, my daughter's making me nuts. And it just made me laugh because I'd been around so many other kids, yoga teachers or people who work with children that are just like, Oh, you know, everything's perfect. Everything's sunny. Or don't talk about the the messy part of parenthood or being a teacher and the struggles we have with students and like, and it's, it just felt so inauthentic. And so hearing from this person who's done so much pioneering in Mm -hmm. the kids yoga world, especially here in New York, um, and having her be so, so uniquely her and human yes. just was so powerful for me. Yeah. So shout out to that, Lauren. We love thank you. you. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you, you for, for that. being human and real and honest. And yeah, yeah. I love so that. One of my big takeaways from this episode, um, aside from all that we're saying so far about just like owning who you are being, mm-hmm. being so authentically you, which, um, can help. It helps me with my own anxiety, hearing from other people own their own yes. anxiety. Yes. Um, one of the big takeaways was how, much we can share with fellow anxiety warriors. Like, and we've had this with so many of our interviews. We have a lot of the same, we hear a lot of the same things yeah. that we, that we didn't talk about anxiety as a kid, that it wasn't brought up that, you know, um, we had a lot of struggles that we had no voice to give to. Yeah. Um, but then also learning that there's a lot of different things mm-hmm. that our fellow warriors go through. And so like one of the things she mentioned and you did too throughout was like being a hypochondriac. And that's yeah. something that I don't have any experience. With. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. missing out. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? <laughs> I don't know, from what I hear, it sounds like it's a pretty rough way of thinking. <laughs> Anytime there's like anything different about the body, it's like, oh my God, is there something seriously wrong? It's horrible. It's it's exhausting. And she really didn't bring this up too much in our interview, but in our call that we had, you know, pre-recorded, um, she talked a little bit about, you know, how she would go to the doctor pretty quickly, like Mm -hmm. not, not maybe not immediately, but like some, she felt like something's off, something's wrong and she would go and get it checked out. And a small part of me was almost jealous of that because I have my anxiety comes with visiting doctors and knowing what's wrong with me. I don't want to know what's wrong with me. I'd be happy to just die tomorrow of something horrible and not have not been the wiser about it. And so it was just interesting hearing from Lauren, but from both of you really talking about what it feels like to you to have to um, constantly be thinking of the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you know, for me, and, and I don't know if Lauren does this or not, but for me, um, if it's like, a, you know, a, a, a thought, a ruminating thought that keeps coming up, like I have to check myself. I'm like, hey, Dan, like I have this pain in my leg. Do you think it's a blood clot? Like, you know, <laughs> so for me, I reach out to people sometimes when my brain's like, is this a problem or is this my brain making anxiety, mm. making it a problem? 
Right. Yeah. yeah I, I thought that was, um, it's interesting to just know like, oh, there's so many things that we worry or share, but there's so many things about our experience. That's really different. And yeah. 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 I mean, your takeaways, another one just that I really shared and, and I had really never heard someone else give voice to this is, is driving next to tractor trailer trucks. Like that really causes me anxiety. I don't have anxiety around driving. Right. But the moment I see a tractor trailer truck on the road, like my hands grip the steering wheel and I am holding my breath. So I have to remind myself to breathe. And so I just, I'd like, you know, the takeaway is really just like, there's so many little things that are sprinkled throughout our entire day that can cause anxiety. And it's like, I just really, I just really appreciated Lauren bringing that one. Cause it's like, yeah, that is a real anxiety I have too. Um, but like, we don't talk about it. It's not like, Hey, tractor trailer anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That wouldn't be a very interesting episode (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) as a standalone topic, but right. I appreciate what you're saying and what Lauren was saying. It's like, there are so many little things that each of us experience all day long that might feel really small to somebody else, but to us in the moment, certainly it feels really big and, and frightening. Yeah. 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 I mean, she also talked so much about, um, needing to feel in control and having some fear around the unknown. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that was a really relatable part of the conversation Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, again, I feel like in all of our conversations with all of our guests, it always goes back to this, like all behavior is communicating unmet needs. Right. And with our guests, a lot of the unmet needs have to do around anxiety and wanting to feel in control or wanting to feel like comfortable in your own body or wanting to feel close to others, right? Like, but, but it manifests in stuff like, you know, feeling like you need to do things which might come off as controlling, right? Or, um, you know, feeling like you can't sleep in your own bed, which might come off as like annoying to a parent, but it's like, oh no, wait, this child is having anxiety, around being alone, you know? And so I think, yeah, yeah. right. And this is like, this is real. This is a, this is a real thing. It's not, they're not trying to be annoying. (laughs) Right. Right. They're not just like, I need attention. It's like, they are communicating a real need. And, and I, I just feel like that's always a takeaway I have in every conversation is just how behavior is communicating needs and needs that are unmet. Right. And, and so when we really put that lens on, when we see other people, it's not like people are being jerks or people want attention or people are annoying. It's like, Oh, they're communicating their challenges that are on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Um, I love too the way Lauren kind of shares about the seasons of her life and how mm-hmm. her anxiety shifted. And you've already brought this up a couple of times, like with, you know, she used to be a cross country driver and middle of the night driver. And now mm-hmm. she doesn't go over a bridge to New Jersey, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. And just dealing with postpartum anxiety and how mm-hmm. that's different from postpartum depression, which that alone gets such a bad rap. And like people right. talk so sometimes so negatively or they don't believe in postpartum. It's like, please, you don't know anything, <laughs> right? <Read a> book. <laughs> please, please educate yourself. Um, but how, how little people are talking about the anxiety side of it. Yeah. And so I appreciated learning about that a little bit. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like lots of things shift, not just in your body, but when you have to care for another human being and, you know, who knows how much it's actually being spoken about, like what to expect after, you know, and after having a child and how that can spike your anxiety that you already have or, yeah. Um, you know, one thing that, that also like the last thing I I think, I mean, there's so many, like, I want to dive into talking about sleep, like hello, sleep anxiety is such a real thing. Thank you for bringing that up, Lauren. Maybe that needs to be an episode Um, for us. Oh my gosh. I have so much sleep anxiety. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Um, and insomnia and stuff. But, but the thing that really, um, was like just a really huge takeaway was just the fact that she was given information at the age of, I think she said like 19 or 20, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, about her mind and that she is not her thoughts. And that led her on a path that gave her tools to support herself. And so, you know, you and, and me were kids yoga teachers, and I know we have kids yoga and mindfulness teachers like on our show and everything. And I just think it's really powerful to see someone who did get it at a young age and they have tools 
And, and so right. the work we're doing is really valuable giving kids these tools now, um, because who knows, who knows what can manifest for them by having right. these tools at such a young age. And even just talking about it. Yeah. And Lauren speaks, you know, I mean, I, again, I know her more personally. So like she speaks to her children in such a beautiful and candid way, mm -hmm. right? Well, she, she truly sees them. She understands kids, but she also understands that, um, that what they're dealing with yeah. is extremely valued. Like it needs, yes. it needs to be valued and valid. Um, and yeah, I think I, I, I mean, I witnessed her in her motherhood role and, and she's just, she's wonderful. Um, yeah. So we really hope that all of you warriors, uh, took away so many wonderful and inspiring, um, little nuggets or big nuggets from this conversation as always. Um, we thank you for being here and we think you should check, uh, check out Lauren, go to yeah. Yogi Beans page. If you're interested in bringing yoga to kids, she has a wonderful training. Um, and we love you. Yes. We want to hear from you. Send us a DM or an email. We are at anxietywarriorspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your wins of the week. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, let us know. Um, if you have topic ideas for us, things you've, uh, you haven't heard us share about yet that you think would be great. Maybe sleep anxiety, I think mm -hmm. is going to, thank you, Lauren, might be an episode for Abby and I to explore. Yeah. If you have any other ideas, um, shout them out. Let's hear from you. And then also we're over on Instagram at anxiety warriors podcast, lots of silly dance reels and fun carousel posts with tips and tricks and, um, wonderful stuff that we share over there. So come join our podcast family on IG. Yes. So thank you all so much for going on this journey with us. We are so grateful you're here. Till next time.